good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, didn't cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kudagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley and Nancy, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're right, Dega, and this portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, I had to turn off the fan. You know, I got fans everywhere, and I heard a big hiss, and it was my fan blowing into the microphone. Hey, we have Nancy Bolio, Bemidji 350, MN350, and just all-around uh, great activists, and we love uh, catching up with Nancy. Nancy, welcome to Native Roots Radio. ho um for... Our listeners out there, I am Nancy Bolio here in northern Minnesota. I am on the 1855 treaty uh, land here on Leech Lake. And um, I just want to say, Robert, you know, every day is a good day to be Indigenous, too. So we got to get that out there because, you know, just knowing the struggles that some of us deal with, you know, from day to day, um, I I think it's really important. We got to remind ourselves who we are and you know, this is more than just going to a powwow or, you know, and, and celebrating and, and reminding the world that we're still here in those small ways. We need to show up and remind um, the rest of the world that we're still here and we have to take our power back, Robert. And I think that's, a, you know, a lot of the work that we do here in Minnesota is taking our power back and reminding our relatives that not a crime to assert treaty it's a crime to deny them and and how do we get this message out and how do we get people to come and um you know support what we do and not just here but in even in their own home territory their own homelands that they um um well you know assert their treaty rights robert Exactly. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of people jumping in, listening in. Let's talk a little bit about what treaties are and uh, how they affect everybody, not just us Native Americans, but both sides of the table sign the treaties. Um, Just do maybe a quick 101 on uh, what treaties are. And I know I always like to say that the supreme law of the land as as what the, uh, you know, what the founders of this country uh, have uh, put it. Right. And, you know, I think what's most important is that um, most people think uh, treaties are artifacts of the past. That's a, a huge misconception that we have. And, you know, in all reality, um, these Americans are still benefiting from those treaties. And, and those treaties were about friendship and peace and to leave the earth in a better way than we found it. And so, you know, um, all these treaties have been ignored and, you know, we're at a point in history and in time where we have to say enough is enough. And, and what do those treaties, um, you know, protect for us? Well, as native people, those treaties, our ancestors stood for who we were and they signed those treaties to protect our way of life. So when they introduced the boarding schools and took our language and, you know, all those things that define who we are, they failed those treaties by taking that away from us. And we're, we're now reclaiming who we are. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And that's what treaties do for us as native people. And as non-native people, um, they signed those treaties with us saying, you can protect who you are. We're gonna sign these treaties and allow you to be who you are. And so some of those things that the treaties protect is the right to hunt, fish, gather and travel slash occupy. So you know, those colonizers didn't give us those rights. We were born with those rights. And so when people tell me, oh, stand and pledge allegiance to the flag because the soldiers fought for your freedom. Well, Robert, we were born liberated. We were born free until the Europeans showed up and stole our freedom for theirs. And so um, 
you know, I get soldiers are brave, but they're fighting the wrong fight and they should mm -hmm. come to our side and say, hey, you know what, let's defend who we are because that's what treaties do. They protect who we are. And so in reality, Robert, we gave them rights to hunt, fish, gather and be here under those treaties, those colonizers. So, um, you know, there's a lot to know about treaties. There's many of them and a lot of them are about a mile long. And mm -hmm. what we really do need to know is that um, treaties intended for us to be good to each other. And I think that's the basis of starting, um, you know, what to know about treaties. Well, and what you've done up there and we've talked about in past shows uh, when I say up there, you're in northern Minnesota right now, and you're the organizer for MN350 up there. What you do is you educate. Like, you know, you have the DNR, and you have sheriffs coming in, and when you talk about treaties in a calm, good way, uh, it's more receptive, and people probably didn't learn that in school or cop school or sheriff school. Right. And, you know, I know um, the Minnesota Indians Affairs Council was having, um, you know, discussion on treaty education in schools, because, again, you know, that's where a lot of misconceptions come from, because, you know, history, um, the colonizers wrote history to favor them and kind of left us out of the history books. But, uh, um, you know, that treaty education component is not available in our school systems on or off the reservation and what we need to do is is build that awareness so you know tell that education piece comes into play into the school systems i think as um anishinaabe as you know native peoples we start having those conversations with our friends our family and our local elected officials to say treaties do matter and mm -hmm. so you know building those relationships if, you know, they're not always easy. They're kind of challenging at times. And what you need to do is, you know, instead of getting being aggressive and being loud about all that, Robert, we need to um, remind them that treaties do matter and we're going to spoon feed you on how to be a better treaty person. Yeah, uh, you get uh, more um, sugar uh, or you get more honey with sugar. Isn't that how it goes? <laughs> Well, you know, Robert, you know what my motto is? You kill them with kindness and you beat them down with the truth. And so um, yeah. <laughs> you got to show up in a good way, you know, and speak your truth and, and, and don't back down from it. And, you know, like, you know, moving into the sugar bush when DNR came and said, you can't be here. Mm -hmm. I had to remind them in a good way that I have every right to be here. And um, I'm going to stand here and defend that. And we need to see more people doing that because um, they can't run us out anymore, Robert. We have to learn to be strong and, and stand up for who we are and, and not be um, afraid. Um, we have to be fearless. We have to be resilient. But then again, I understand, you know, a lot of our people are going through daily um, struggles and it's hard right. to be resilient. But we hope that someday we find healing within ourselves, reclaim who we are, be resilient again and defend like no other and remind mm -hmm. them in loud and proud kind of way that we're still here. Absolutely. You know, and, and it, it's interesting too, I think when we, and maybe we can talk a little bit about this in the next segment, but I think when we come in a good way, we also have people joining us in not a good way. And what I mean by that is we have a whole epidemic of uh, scholar, scholarly people that are pretendians that aren't Native American, that claim to be Native American, and or don't answer the straight way. Like, you know, you don't have to be enrolled to be Native American. You, you know your, our way, who your family is, and things like that. And there's questions out there that a lot of people that jump on these things. I was just talking to a guy today uh, that he we were talking about Standing Rock, and he was at Standing Rock, and he's from Standing Rock and been out there the whole time. And we had a long discussion about people not coming in a good way. And I said there was a lot of good things. We started this radio show with this. I know a lot of your activism started with Standing Rock. There was a lot of good things, but there was also some stuff that really stuck in the craw of the great nation of Standing Rock. And so we can talk a little bit about that too, maybe in the next segment. Yeah, I think that's important. We talk about even not the so good things, Robert, because it helps us be better people when we do. Right on. Hey, we're here with Nancy Bolio, MN350 activist, uh, just all around groovy person. And Haley and I will be back with Nancy after this short break. Please stay with us. This is Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake.
Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at SPPS.org careers. When it comes to mental health, making connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Connections can bring comfort, hope, and joy. Find ways that work for yourself and others like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, creating space to listen. Visit cmentalhealth.org. That's cmentalhealth.org. cmentalhealth.org. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, thanks, Haley. We're here with Nancy Bolio, and we're talking uh, treaties, but also it's been the season, it seems like, that there's a lot of pretendians uh, running around acting all sacred, and uh, we'd like to uh, maybe give our listeners a template of how do you find out a real Indian from a fake Indian. So welcome back, Nancy. Well, Robert, you first kind of figure that out by like, you know, even before we start this conversation, we sage. When we do that in a good way, because I'm doing that for all of us right now. Right on. And it, it's it's my baby shell. And it comes with me <laughs> wherever. Because you just mm. never know when you're going to have to sage, Robert, when... You know, right. negative things pop up and you need to sage. And yeah, so, you know, many of uh, you all know that we were um, in a sugar bush camp just two miles from my home up the road here on 1855 ceded territory. And unfortunately, um, the 1855 treaty people, most of us um, had had to walk out of that camp, um, not this Sunday, but the Sunday before. And, you know, I haven't publicly went about that because there's a lot of things, a lot of energy, negative energy coming from why we had to defend who we were as as Anishinaabe slash DNA wise, because we have this this person in in, in camp that's um, she's from Japan and she's Caucasian and she was adopted by another community here in northern Minnesota. and she's, it's been a hard experience. There's been some per, personal chaos in camp, which led to, you know, um, kind of exposing who she was and what her real intention being there really was about. And it was a hard lesson learned. Um, and when we walked out of camp, we did not surrender because again, uh, in those relationships that I built with those local elected officials, they knew we were there as, you know, good treaty people and that we show up in a peaceful way and we do things in a good way. And so we reached out to um, our local elected officials and said, um, 
we're stepping out of camp because we can't support what's going on down there. And so I want to talk about, you know, that individual and community responsibility and speaking to some of the elders, I said, how come no one warned us of this person? And I was told, oh, we don't speak bad of other people. And I said, I, I respect that and I get that. But what happened to individual and community responsibility? Those are one of our teachings. I know I should walk with a good heart. And if I'm going to show up to walk up, walk with, you know, show up with good intentions in mind. And if I show up with some bad energy or I'm making mistakes, I would ex expect the community to call me in individually and say, we need to talk to you and your actions, your behavior, your thoughts are harmful to, to us. And this is where, where you're going wrong. So we would address the behavior, not attack the person. We would try to correct the behavior and the sake that we, we all are there in a good way. And so I asked the elder, I said, how come that never happened? What happened to that teachings? And she goes, well, we just don't do that anymore. And two days later, she calls me back and says, I gave that some thought. You're right. If we don't get back to those teachings, we allow these kind of people to keep showing up and creating harm from one community to the next. And, you know, that's what we need to see. Um, stepping up and saying, I'm, I'm willing to talk about the harm. And it's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. But if we don't do it, then who does it, right? Right. Well, you know, I just got to back up a little bit, too, and talk a little bit about some history. And I know when when things are flying and happening, let's just use Standing Rock for an example that happened in 2016, 2017. There were so many uh, people that were fundraising, for instance, for the camps, that the camps never saw the money. And these people you know, were a lot of times were not doing, well, they weren't doing it in a good way. So you always have to be careful and you always have to ask questions when it comes to somebody. Um, we talk about this too, Nancy, about art. Who made this art piece? Who are they? Um, and like in our store, we can tell you everyone that's either made it, designed it, or beaded it, or painted it, and we can tell you the name. Now, that's in this in the same line because there's people that grab onto our energy and they they say things like when it comes to art you know this is native inspired no it's native stolen <laughs> it's it's like there's no such thing as inspired unless you know you're giving all your proceeds to a tribe right i call it i call it uh exploiting our culture robert yeah you know and you're so right. There are, you know, people showing up just worried about the money, you know, those personal agendas and how do they create a livelihood for themselves, um, you know, using, abusing our way of life. And, um, you know, this person was adopted by another community. And, and I get, you know, in, in our culture and in our tribes, we do adopt and, and we would hope that our adoptees, you know, are there with a good heart and be there in a supportive role. And just because you're um, adopted one community doesn't give you the authority to go into other native communities and say, this is who I am and how, don't you ever question me. Um, you know, there's something wrong there, Robert, when, when right. we, you know, as 1855, trying to defend our spaces from these harmful people exploiting our way to apply for grants and funding to keep their right. livelihood that we're the bad people here. We're only speaking our truth, Robert. And unfortunately that hurts people's ears. Yeah. And you know, I always think of, uh, you know, I'm sober and I, and you know, people always wanted to come and change like let's say AA for instance, you know, the 12 step program and it's no, this has been working for 50 years now, 80 years. Come join us. Um, don't come change us. And it's like, come join us and support us. Don't try and run us. Right. And, you know, um, these adopted relatives should never use our own culture against us as well. You know, this um, this person that has been adopted by the other um, 
community in, in 63 territory that's up in a Red Lake uh, reservation. And they're good people up there. Not Quite honestly, they're not tolerating it right now neither. So um, there's been some light shed on this particular individual here in northern Minnesota um, thinking she can come here and, you know, walk all over us because she's been adopted. And how dare you question me being honest, Shinobi? It's like, you, you can't do that, Robert, as an, an adoptive relative or as an ally trying to think you can be our savior coming in here speaking for us and telling us what to do because you know what we we've been here a long time we know our own communities and we know what we need to do in order to protect what's all that you know the sacred right robert we know that right and you know just in my own history i know people and uh have asked me to speak and especially you know uh, during Standing Rock, and I didn't feel comfortable. I, I was, we were in a supportive way for the tribe of Standing Rock. I was not a spokesperson for Standing Rock. I could talk to the news and tell them what I've seen, but I'm not speaking for anybody. Right, you know, and, and that was one of my key points in this whole situation here down at the camp is that um, you, you can't do that because I, I, I was told that um, there was phone calls made and emails sent to the DNR on behalf of us. And it's like, how come we weren't told about it? How come we weren't invited to the conversation? And this person said, well, I am Anishinaabe. I can. It's like, no, you can't, you can't do that. Right. So, you know, it's really disturbing that, you know, there's people out there doing this and you're right, Robert, it's not just here. There's a, a, a lot of bad energy out there in, in our spaces, China, um, capitalize on you know um our way of life and protecting that way of life and um you know it was really it's been a rough last two weeks um mm -hmm. you know but I, I think our departure you know when we had a visit with the dnr and our way out because we actually met them mm -hmm. we left in a good way and the elder says um you couldn't have done that any better right, right. you know we who we are and how we're going to continue to uh, to save that um, historical place. And for people that just wondering what this camp was about, it's um, there's the migration story, the the Maday story, the migration, the creation story, and the Red Lake Trail crossed through there at one time. So there's cultural significance there. And as Anishinaabe, these being our homelands, we should be the first people speaking. Mm -hmm. Right. And when that happens, we have problems, Robert. Right, and I mean that uh, not only goes to the pretendian, but that goes in from uh, uh, parts of the nation, and that's what I was trying to get at too. Is like I, you know, I'm a Ho Chunk. I'm not from South Dakota, so to speak, or North Dakota, and we can let our our relatives speak for themselves in a good way, and we can support that, and that's what we we need to do as good relatives. Right, and like you know, when I went to Standing Rock, it was a support role, and and. I learned from being in a supportive role what to bring home and, and, and be part of the lead here to defend who we are. Right on. Hey, Nancy, thanks for stopping in. Always some good information. Uh, thanks for smudging us off in, in a good way before we started this because that's what we do. You know, we, we come in a good way as best as our ability and in the best way we've been taught. So, Peeny Gee again for being on. All right. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Hey, that was Nancy Bolio, Bemidji 350 and MN350. We'll be right back with Bob Blake from Red Lake. Uh, we're going to talk some solar energy and some fun stuff. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let, let howl. howl. 
Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a Metro Transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu. Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. Hey, it's Patrick. So much of what makes us a family takes place in our home. These walls provide an intimate space for all of the small moments that bring us together, and that bond grows stronger year after year. And like any other relationship, your home requires the same love and attention. This is why you should trust in the power of Zero Res to take care of your home. At Zero Res, we don't use harsh soaps or chemicals. Our water is tough on stains and dirt while still safe for you and your family. So contact Zero Res today to clean your home because a clean home is a healthy home. Just check out the 15,800 raving customer reviews online with a 4.9 Google rating. Visit ZeroResMinnesota.com to get three rooms of carpet Zero Resified starting at just $129, which is a savings of $40 and take $75 off an air duct cleaning. Make sure to mention you want the AM950 special. Zero Res, backward or forward, spells the same. Hey, it's Tom. Going solar is a great way to save on energy costs. By using the sun to power your house, you can feel good about an investment that will last for years. All Energy Solar is a locally trusted turnkey solar installer that's been around since 2009. They provide custom designs and quality installations of solar panel systems that work for your energy needs. One of the best parts about going solar is it's an investment that can pay for itself. Your system can pay back 100% of the installation cost in as little as eight years. Plus, a system from All Energy Solar can pay back over 300% of its cost over its lifetime. There's also many tax incentives and rebates available, and the experts at All Energy Solar can walk you through the entire process to make sure you're saving as much as possible. So go green, both financially and environmentally, with All Energy Solar. Get a free, no-obligation assessment from All Energy Solar by calling 800-620-3370 or visiting allenergysolar.com. With a look at your AM950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Cloudy tonight with a low of 59, then remains cloudy through Wednesday with a high of 71. Cloudy again Wednesday night with a low of 50. Celebrate the arrival of summer with a great meal at an Eat Local Minnesota restaurant, perfect for any occasion. Check out the list of Eat Local Minnesota restaurants at eatlocalminnesota.com. Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Hey, really excited to have Bob Blake from Red Lake, uh, Robert Blake with Solar Bear with the Solar News online here. Welcome to Native Ritz Radio, Robert. All right, Robert. Hey, Robert. I'm reporting from the Intercontinental Hotel in downtown St. Paul, Minnesota, at the first ever Tribal Energy uh, Equity event. And um, this is an historical event because it brings together tribal leaders across Turtle Island and um, federal officials and state officials to talk about, you know, um, you know, renewable energy, um, and how this could be used as economic development too for, for, for tribal nations. But 
there are some situations that need to be ironed out so tribal communities can connect their projects to the grid. So that's kind of the basis of this conference and what we're talking about and trying to come up with some solutions that we could implement on a federal level. There is a lot of uh, people there, uh, and, and for me, a lot of networking, uh, government officials, people that are like the organization that are is putting this on in downtown St. Paul that have maybe a guidepost and a, uh, uh, a way for tribes to join in in a good way. And uh, it, it was really exciting to hear, and I know you were one of the keynote speakers too, to hear what, what's going on in Indian country and everyone's kind of at the same place. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a founding board member of this organization, um, IREC, and it is, uh, it is a collaboration uh, between all the tribes. And, and, of course, you know, they get their funding from philanthropy. And, you know, it's really exciting the way that, you know, that they're bringing, you know, this, these situations, these, these questions that tribes have straight to, you know, Chairman Phillips, you know, who was there? You know, right. I mean, it's, you know, you, you know, so, I mean, you know, there's no better, no better person to talk to, you know, than the man himself, you know? Right. So I, I think that it's really great that FERC has been here in town and has listening to the tribes and, 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 and the, the obstacles that they're facing around renewable energy deployment, you know, because you're basically going to get tribes all this money to develop uh, renewable energy projects such as solar, wind, whatever, but you're not going to let them connect it to the grid. That doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so we're just going to have a bunch of projects that are going to be sitting there, you know, in all reality doing nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so that's why, you know, that's why, um, you know, this, 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 uh, you know, this, this uh, convening of these tribal leaders and um, these federal officials and state officials, I might add, is just so important because if we can't connect to the grid, then these projects might as well just sit there and collect dust. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, the organization, and you just touched base on or touched on it lightly about uh, getting money not through the government because there's so many strings involved and so many partnerships that would uh, dwindle what uh, the tribes are doing, but you guys are doing it right where you're uh, reaching out directly to organizations and companies to uh, donate so you can help tribes. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah. So what's really interesting is that, you know, like MacArthur Foundation, uh, the McKnight Foundation, you know, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these foundations, um, you know, are, you know, essentially, you know, uh, given money to IREC to be able to stand up on its own to be able to help the tribes because, you know, they know that this is real and, and you know, that, you know, tribal, our energy poverty um, is rampant in tribal communities, you know, and like I think one of the panelists said today, you know, it's a life or death situation in some of these communities. You know? Oh, absolutely. So, so for, 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 you know, philanthropy to recognize that and to want to take action and join forces, you know, on what I believe are some very critical issues, you know, um, it, it, it really is incredible. And they understand that the problems that we're facing in our communities, you know, are directly related to poverty, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, think, I think that if we can attack poverty with renewable energy, um, then, you know, you know, what kind of outcome can we see? Right. Right. So, you know, and, and, and can we make our communities healthier? You know, that's the hope here. Right. Uh, Absolutely. It's, it's not about just turning on the light, you know, it's about saving people's lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Changing the trajectory, um, you know, of native country. And, um, you know, it's so many times, you know, Robert, you know, where I was left out Mm -hmm. and, it's it, it's really nice to see that tribal nations are being put at the forefront, you know, of this. And let's be honest. I mean, they're they're going to lead the tribal nations are going to lead the way to this energy transition, 
you know, and, and, and we're, we're right in, right in the front of fighting climate change. You know, what's awesome too, is that there was a couple speakers earlier on too that, uh, work for the government or work in a way. And you know, the new, the new bills that have been just passed, uh, via the government, those, those are like 200 pages long. And you know, with my ADHD, I'm like done after two pages. So to have expertise, know what these, these pages mean and how they mean or how they work for nations in certain ways and not in certain ways is really, uh, really an excellent, excellent thing that's happening through this organization that you're with. Yeah, and, and I think what one of the important things there is too is that, you know, we, we, we try to, you know, get experts and, and we, we, we hire the right people that, you know, that, that want to do right by tribal nations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's one of the big things about this is vetting the right people, having the right people work with us. And, you know, unfortunately that takes time and a lot of tribes don't have the capacity to do all that. Right. You know? So... You know, this is an organization that, that's really trying to, to do that. And, you know, it's in partnership also with Native Sun. Native Sun is also a partner on this. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's been really exciting. And, and I'm really happy with the turnout. And yeah. We've gotten great feedback from the participants at this conference. It's just been wonderful, Robert. It has been. And I know there's going to be another one coming up. And I, uh, I, if it's in a warm place, Bob, just make sure it's during the winter. Ho, oh, um, but <laughs> I think we can make that happen, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> but what's cool too is that you know you you have this uh, you have this happening in downtown St. Paul, by in a hotel that's owned by a tribe, and it's just been really beautiful. I was kind of sh- in shock when people were saying from where they were, where, where they came from, it's all over the country that have come here. Yeah, it, no, it, it really is. And, you know, that was done on, that was done, you know, intentionally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When, when we first had our first meeting, you know, I was like, well, listen, let's have it at the Intercontinental, you know, because that's owned by Malad. Mm-hmm. Um, we can grab talent from around the Twin Cities. We have a big native population. Right. You know, we're, we're, we're passing some progressive, legislation on a state level there that I think we need to talk about that we need to share with the rest of the country, you know, with right. the rest of these tribes. And, you know, it, it just sort of all aligned up, right? You know, we've got the Net Zero Project happening on Prairie Island. Yeah. You know, there's tribes all over the state of Minnesota that are pursuing renewable energy projects. Um, you know, the Comrades is, is creating the tribe. Oh, by the way, the Tribal Energy Advisory Board got passed on a state le- at, at the state mm-hmm. level. So now we have money and we have a staff person that's going to be directly working on, you know, energy, travel, energy, you know, uh, issues related there. So, I mean, it's, it's good things that are happening. That, um, hundred percent clean energy just recently passed. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I made my case for our state to host this for the first one. (laughs) I said, we don't know how things are going to go. Let's go with it. And, and, Consequently, this has been a success, Robert. So I'm, I couldn't be more happier than the way everything turned out. So what do, what do we got going on for tomorrow? Um, what do you, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, more more conferencing. Uh, yeah, we the, got more speakers talking tomorrow um, from the Fed, federal government, from state government, um, and they're just going to be talking about you know the issues, um, you know, just like we've been going over here. You know what I mean, like. Mm-hmm. How do you interconnect? You know, what are the obstacles? What are the things we need to be thinking about? You know, how much renewable energy can we put on the transmission lines? You know what I mean? Right. It's just all these little things that the utilities don't want to tell us because, let's be honest, mm-hmm. that's their business. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so they don't want to share that information with us. So, you know, we have to hold conferences like this and we have to share knowledge and we have to work together and, you know, uh, and just be good relatives and help one another. And, that's what we really want to do here is, is really just be able to connect, uh, uh, you know, network and, and share a lot of these ideas. And, and also, you know, let's be honest, let's brag a little bit about our projects and what we're all doing, man. It's mm-hmm. exciting to see all the good things happen across Turtle Island with all these tribal nations in regards to renewable energy and sustainability. Well, you know, when you bring the experts in, you know, there's, let's say you have uh, battery storage, 
there's certain times that you can sell that storage back to uh, these companies and that are, you make more money than you would like during the middle of the day or maybe it's the peak time or, or things like that. But me as a tribal member and a legislator, I have no idea. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And, and that's why it's important for us, you know, the, the experts to be able to give you guys the, the right information that you need, but you, but you need to be able to trust the source. You need to be able to trust the people that are telling you this. And, and, and that's what we're trying to do. So, you know, is be able to bring, bring, you know, professionals that, you know, together that traps can trust, vet them, and then, um, you know, wreck them out throughout through the country. You know, almost like a good housekeeping seal of approval, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and, 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 you know, and I was explaining to the, you know, the executive director there of this, of this organization, being like, you know, we're going to have to get a good Arizona missions, you know, insurance policy, but I think in the long run, it's worth it to be able to, you know, uh, share, you know, and give our opinion and help drive vet the best people for, for these projects. You know hey. what I mean? Yeah. Hey, right. Bob, can you hold on for just two minutes? And, and then I want to come back to you and just pump the pump it up again uh, real quick, and then I'll let you go. So hold on on the line here for a two-minute break here. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we're with Bob Blake from Red Lake. ho Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. When it comes to mental health, connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Whether you're struggling or know someone who struggles, see connections as comfort, hope, and joy. Like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, seeing your grandma. Together we can find ways to create a path forward. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion's brought to you by Hauling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. ho Yeah. Hey, we're here with Robert Blake and of Solar Bear and Native Sun, the nonprofit uh, energy company that uh, helps uh, young people learn about energy and do energy. And uh, this is the time to be a Minnesotan and a time to be Native. And it's a time to uh, really uh, lead the way in uh, protecting Mother Earth, Robert, and in the solar way and whatever renewable energy that you have up your sleeve, right? Yep. Absolutely. Robert. Hey, Robert, I just also too want to tell everyone too, that last week, um, we had a great press conference. Um, native sun community Park development was awarded, uh, uh, the Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, electric vehicle charging corridors for, for the intertribal EV network. So, 
we're going into Wisconsin and Michigan now. So um, it's exciting, and uh, we'll be deploying uh, EV charging stations in all the travel communities. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, it's really nice to see the, you know, the uh, Department of Energy prioritizing um, tribal nations um, with this technology because, like I said, you know, we're always the last to get it. Now we're the first. So, you know, when we talk about the Justice uh, 40 initiative uh, happening with the DOE and the federal government, uh, this is a great example of a program that's currently happening. That is awesome. Hey, I was explaining to, uh, I can't, Cynthia, I think is her name, who was uh, helping you with this organization and how. Yeah, Cynthia Pacheco, yep. Right. And w- I was talking to her about you and I going down to Iowa and really kicking off our show and Solar Bear and, uh, you know, in 2016 election and how, uh, or was it the 2020? That's what it was. Uh, the presidential election and how far we've come and, and and it's just been exciting to watch you and then by seeing how far you've come uh kind of you know think about how far i've come too with the the radio show and all the things that we work on for our communities yeah well i mean i and, and i and i really you know think it's kind of cool to kind of see this native renaissance taking place mm-hmm right now in, in, in our world, you know, that, you know, uh, that Native people are, are, you know, being appreciative for our culture and, you know, for our, for our values and, you know, for, you know, just, just for, you know, the, the things that are constantly things like this all around us. And I kind of feel like it's, it's not at a, be- I mean, it's at a better, it's at a great time too, because the planet needs us, you know, we, we need this environment, we need the planet. And so it's a very symbiotic relationship and, um, you know, we, we, we got to step up for, for, for Mother Earth right now. Absolutely. And uh, what a, way, a great way. Hey, so let's, uh, uh, let's talk about real quick before I let you go, because I know you're busy. People uh, want to talk to you about energy and you're still, it's still downtown St. Paul. Let's just give a, a quick uh, a little FYI to everybody listening, what you're doing today and what you've been doing this, uh, this week here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, so we got the Tribal Energy Equity Summit going on going on at the Intercontinental St. Paul. Uh, and um, please come check it out if you want to. Tomorrow's the last day, but we've got some great speakers, some great people lined up that are there that are going to talk about energy and tribal uh, energy, uh, you know, development and involvement. So it uh, should be a good day tomorrow, Robert. Right on, and I'm going to try and make it early in the morning again. And... Uh, I, the experts are there, you know, do we put, uh, do we put a small, uh, solar panels onto our roof or does that make sense? Can we do it? How do we plug in to the system as, as you were talking about, how do we play nice with the government? How do we play nice with, with these, you know, energy, energy companies and what are our rights? I think that's one of the things that, could be baffling for a tribe to come into this world that maybe they're not used to. Yeah, and, and, and I'll go back to the thing that I always have down on my, you know, on my uh, bio, but communication, cooperation, collaboration, you know, that's what wins it, you know, and if we're going to, if we're going to fight climate change and if we're going to win, we're going to have to have, uh, you know, cooperation amongst all of us. It's going to take communication. It's going to take the collaboration piece, so. Um, you know, that's what these, that's what these meetings are all about. That's what these conferences are all about. And, you know, that's what native people are all about. So I'm really excited for this to be happening right now. It's the first ever, and, uh, we'll just make this an animal thing, Robert. Absolutely. And then we should have one coming up soon. And, uh, wow, we have people, uh, from California that are there. I talked to some people that are really working, working on, uh, and we have Nevada, we have people that are in these climates that uh, really could uh, and have land that they could really do make a difference uh, for their communities, for the planet. And I think that's one of the things that I feel like really needs to be brought up every once in a while is that we're also saving the planet by not, by getting away from fossil fuels. Yeah, really. Right. I mean, you know, we're, this is, that's the best thing about this, that the technology's never been here before, and now it's here, and we can, 
use renewable energy to create, to use it as an economic development tool, to use it as a social justice tool, you know, um, and then also create, you know, jobs and, and you know, and, and, and good, you know, family sustaining, you know, um, jobs with that stuff. So that's, it, it just, it's just a great win all the way around, Robert. One of the things, and we only got a couple minutes, and I really appreciate you holding on with me. Uh, Haley's having a uh, little difficulties, but so nobody really wants to listen to me uh, talk to myself on the radio. So I appreciate you holding on a little bit longer than uh, than I uh, asked you to. Really appreciate it. Uh, one of the things that I think is is really interesting about this whole thing is that technology now three years ago we were talking about batteries now we're talking about batteries that are less expensive and what else is uh, around the corner that's going to be less less expensive when it comes to renewable energy well i think one of the one of the really interesting things that are that's going to be coming about is you know solar pv in the window system so windows uh, skyscrapers windows in your home will you know, eventually be generating energy, you know? Wow. And so I think that's going to be really exciting because they're really making some big strides in that. And so I can see these big skyscrapers eventually just being big power producers, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's, that's pretty interesting to me. And then, you know, like you said, Robert, the, the battery technology just keeps on getting better and better. Um, and then I would also say hydrogen. I think hydrogen yeah. is going to be making a big play in the future, Robert. I think I think that we're gonna we're gonna go from you know engines to electric vehicles to hydrogen-based vehicles. I, that's the way I see it rolling. Well, I, I think it's exciting. Great time to be alive and to be in this industry. Well, it's like liquid hydrogen is water, so you're going to fill up your gas tank with water, basically. <laughs> I guess. And, and it's the electrolyzers that Cummins out in Fridley is making right now to be able to do that type of work. Wow. It, it's absolutely exciting, Robert. And like I said, man, I, you know, I just hit this thing at the right time. <laughs> to be honest with you, that's really it, the truth. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it's it's a good thing, and, and you have a great heart, and people... Uh, that first meet you, trust you, and 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 you've never. Uh, it, it's just a good thing, and it, I'm glad you're leading the way, and and uh, it's it makes me proud, and I, I think it makes your family proud, it makes your tribe proud, and it makes people that listen to you here on the radio proud. So I want to just say, Peeny Gigi, thank you so so much for stopping in. I know you have a, a lot going on tonight and tomorrow. Uh, and your energy was well re, uh, well needed here. I really appreciate you. Oh, man. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, everyone. Hey. Solar on, buddy. Solar on. Hey, this was Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake. We'll see you tomorrow. Free Leonard Peltier now.